thing on. <laughs> Hi, friends. Audio. Mic check. Here we go. Check one, two, one, two, one, three, one, two, and we are live. Okay, go. Okay. All we've had <laughs> is a banana to eat. Woo! Okay. <laughs> wow, we've got um, another big episode for you guys today. Oh so Huge. basically, you got a whole month of two parters. Huge. Huge. The best episode, some might the say. The best of the best. <laughs> Okay, no more trumpet impersonations. Okay, no more. <laughs> um, yeah. So, only announcement I have is just a reminder: we're doing our trivia night June twenty second at yes. Saint City in Branson. Yes. So, if you're local, please come and support your girls and have fun at trivia night. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be like dark trivia, so a little thing spooky. I mean, all things spooky, yeah. really. But it's going to be there's really going to be fun. blood everywhere. A bloody margarita. We're going to perform an exorcism in real life. In real life. My dream. I'm going to be performing it. On Alexa, actually. No. No, I'm performing (laughs) it on Cadence. My dreams are coming to reality. So sick. You're sick. I'm twisted. Listen. 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 Okay. I have had dreams where I have performed an exorcism. I forgot about that. It's terrifying. It really is. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Hey. Dreams. Man, I could rant. So we're not. Um. (laughs) But another thing, too, we are going to the podcast movement in Dallas, um, August 22nd, all the 22nds. Look at that symbolism. I know. What (laughs) is going on with the twos? But we are going to the podcast movement on August 22nd. Bubby. No. And we're in twos. Yeah, two, two, and two. So, um, if you want to help, send it's twenty-two us there. the year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you want to help, send us there. Support us. You know how to do it. Link in the bio uh, to help sponsor us. Or if you know of anyone that's looking to sponsor a true crime podcast, you know what to do. Maybe so. like a county prison. You know. Yeah, whatever. All that stuff. So, even a prisoner. I mean, I hear they have Venmo these days. <laughs> so prisoners if you're listening <laughs> send us money yep <laughs> all right oh so uh something spiked i made us jalapeno margaritas with the jalapenos from my garden it's so good mm-hmm. i'm gonna be sweating it really is good that jalapeno is spicy i was quite surprised yes yeah. That it was like wow. that hot. It's delish. So delish. So um, <laughs> if you are joining up, drink along. Um, drinking word. Drinking word. I have one in mind if you don't. Okay. What's yours? Like shoot, shot, shooting. Yeah. <laughs> Shooter. Shooting. Shoot. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, that would be good because that mm-hmm. was his method. So. Yep. Yeah, or gun. Which one? Either one. Um, shoot's probably more. Shoot. Yeah. Okay, shoot, shot, shooted. <laughs> Please don't say that. <laughs> uh, if you hear that word, then yeah, drink along with us. And if you're not 21 and up, or if you are and you're drinking illegally, we won't tell. But if you don't drink, um, we don't advise it. Yeah. But, but if you how don't, are we going to know? Yeah. We'll never know. But if you don't drink, then just sip along on your water. I don't know. Grab your diet Cokes and yep. here we go. <clears throat> me, 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 me. <laughs> <laughs> Our videos and podcasts are for entertainment purposes. All information discussed was found on the internet. Keep in mind, we talk all things sinister that may not be suitable for all audiences. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. <clears throat> <clears throat> Today, ladies and gentlemen, we are talking about David Berkowitz, um, a.k.a. the 44 caliber killer, a.k.a. and most famous for the son of Sam, known not necessarily as the most notorious serial killer, but an American serial killer nonetheless with a potential satanic past guilty of six murders in New York over a frightening one year period. So it's kind of crazy because he is definitely super famous and well-known. There's so many documentaries about him. But, I mean, when you get down to, like, his crimes compared to others, 
I mean, he's not, I don't want to say he's not the worst because he is the worst in like a person. Yeah, he's terrible. It's not like he, you know, it's the worst serial killer. It's because his story is interesting. Is that what I'm getting at? I think that's why he's so famous. And he wasn't like ugly. Like not saying he was cute. He wasn't like, like, who played Rocky? Oh, the know. actor. I'm terrible with. But do you know who I'm talking yes. about? Okay, yeah, I see it. 100%. That's who he looks like. Yeah, it kind of like when I first. Oh, well, not when I first saw it, but every time yeah. I see it, I'm like, "Ooh, he yeah. looks like that guy." Yeah. What's his name? I'm not good with names. <laughs> I can't do that. Anyways, the guy who played Rock. Like I'll watch a show like ten different times, and I know like the name of the person in the show or the movie. But then if, like, you ask me, I can't. I can't do it. It just, it, like, it leaves my brain. And I'm sure people who are listening and watching are, like, screaming at their phones. Oh, like, yeah. It's so-and-so, like, you fucking morons. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, stop cussing at us. Oh, my God. Jesus he's nice. Christ. Oh. Okay, so we're still in Gemini, and I think this is going to be our last Gemini. It is. So we've discussed a lot, but if it's your first time tuning in, they're two-faced. Two-faced. So need we say more? Yeah. I mean, honestly, that's going to play huge into the yeah. story, the two-faced yeah. aspect. But witty, fast with details. However, sometimes indecisive and inconsistent. Yeah. Um, Gemini's, you guys have some major serial killers. It's crazy. Yeah, they really do. Yeah. Like, all of our stories have been huge. Yeah, I feel like it was really big with, like, the last three signs. Yeah. Like, Aries, Taurus, and Gemini. Mm-hmm. Like those three. So Aries, I would say, were like, I don't know. Aries and Taurus were kind of like the most brutal. Yeah, they like, were the violent. About, ones. Yeah, very, very violent. Very violent. So don't fuck with us. Yeah, because so basically, she's an Aries and I'm a Taurus and we'll fucking kill you. Okay. And with, it'll be. With peace and love. Yeah, I will be the planner and the one who makes us stay out of jail. And she will be like. The creepy, crazy one? Yeah. Like, I feel like I'd be the person who was just like, ah! Yeah, like, she would be like the crazy, like, butcher. Like erratic. Yeah. yeah. And then I would have to like, keep us that. out of jail, basically. I feel like two podcasts in a row, we've plotted how we would murder people. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So if we have any, like, police officers, we seriously won't murder anyone unless we have to. But no, remember, entertainment purposes only. Okay. Yeah, remember. Okay. It's, all right, let's go. Okay. <clears throat> He was born June 1st, 1953 in Brooklyn, New York. So it's also different because we haven't really touched a lot of East Coast. I mean, yeah. Albert Fish was probably the last one. So, yeah. California, we're giving you guys a break today. Just one. (laughs) Also the 70s. Well, we'll get into the 70s, but... Oh, just kidding. This all takes place in the 70s. I was going to say 53. Yeah, 53 is 70. Anyways, I fucked it up. Okay. His mom uh, came from an impoverished Jewish family. She worked as a waitress. She married David's father after her first husband left her for another woman. So already a bad start for this lady. Uh, The new man that she gets with is also married, but they're like, whatever, we'll make it work. Yeah, why not? So three years into this relationship affair, whatever this was, um, she has David and it's said that this new man in her life is like, no, like he's not going to have my last name, which even his original name was actually Richard David. It's not really important, but, um, so he was like, no, we're not having this kid. I'm embarrassed by you. In fact, if you mm-hmm. keep the kid, then I will abandon you. And again, she's poor. She doesn't know what to do. So she puts David up for adoption just a few days after his birth. Um, wow. So David is adopted by the Berkowitz, and they decide to flip his name because they're like, don't need the association. Instead yeah. of Richard David, you're David, David. whatever. So yeah. we've had two serial killers back-to-back that were adopted. They were put oh, up for yeah. adoption as a baby. Weird. Okay. It's a Gemini thing. Gemini <clears throat> thing. Yeah. So, Geminis, check with your parents. Make sure they're here. <laughs> now would be the time. So, he's adopted by the Berkowitz. They're another Jewish family from the Bronx, sort of more, or not sort of, more of a working class. They were hardware store retailers, didn't have any kids of their own, so they were super, super happy to take him in. 
Um, later, David's life is described as trouble pretty early on. Um, not, I couldn't really find anything as far as his adopted parents were concerned. Yeah. But he didn't show any interest in school or learning, even though above average intelligence, you know, pretty Mm -hmm. normal, but obsessed with petty larceny and starting fires. So we've got one of the McDonald triad. Um, very worrying. And the neighbors describe him as difficult, spoiled, and a bully. So, just a difficult kid all around. Yep. So, um, adopted parents didn't completely ignore this. They did seek help from a psychotherapist for the behavior, uh, but nothing really came from it. And Mm -hmm. he never had any, like, legal consequences for setting shit on fire. Right. So, didn't really help. At 14... His adoptive mom dies of breast cancer. She had been battling that for a while. He had to see her go through all of that. So really put a strain on the relationship. And um, his dad does, or his adopted dad does remarry. And so he's like super against stepmom. Yeah. Just really not doing good at this point. But yeah. Graduates high school in 1971, so he's around the age of 17. Um, he joins the U.S. Army. Served, right? God, why do they always join the army? Heck. Or just any job? The military, the yeah. yeah. And he served in Fort Knox, Kentucky, in an infantry division in South Korea. So wow. he probably saw some shit. He probably did. Like, let's be honest. Yeah, he probably did. Um, but wasn't there for long. He was honorably discharged in 1974 and he decides he's going to seek out his birth mother. Mm. So fun fact about this that I, I don't know if this is confirmed, but some people speculated that he was told his birth mother died during childbirth. So he, and it could be a reason for his behavior up until now, having, living with that guilt. Right. So he thinks his birth mom is dead. Turns out she's not, so he goes to look for her. Um, They visit a few times, and she tells him the process of how and why he was adopted. Like, in full honesty, she's like, this guy was going to leave me, didn't want the baby, and he did not take this well. He was greatly disturbed by his mother's actions, but... Also, he starts kind of seeing these parallels with the men in his life that, like, abandon him. Like, his birth father, or first off, the way his mom was treated by two men. Right. One of which was his dad leaves him. Stepdad he feels abandoned by with the whole thing. Yeah. So, um, this is sort of where the turning point downward spiral, Mm -hmm. um, he describes it as it shattered his identity. So, this is where he's like... Oh, hell I'm going to be evil. Yep. So communication Mm -hmm. with his birth mom is off and on and then eventually completely fades out. Um, He did have a a half-sister and he met her, but then that... So he cuts off all connection. Wow. Yeah. And how old is he at this time? Around 20. It's 1974. Okay, so So he's around 3. Yeah. Yeah. So, um... That's crazy. Yeah. Not great stuff. So, um, 1975, just about a year later, he enrolls in Bronx Community College, stays for a year before becoming a taxi driver. He worked some odd jobs, um, worked for USPS at one point. Wow. Um, before shit goes down. Right. So, we're going to travel back just a tad. So... Mid-1970s is where David starts committing his violent crimes, all taking place in Bronx, or in the Bronx, Brooklyn, and the Queens area. So, all relatively close. And if you are familiar with New York at all, um, shit can go down real quick, especially in those areas in that time. Yeah, and it was so close. Yeah. Too. Yep. And you, I mean... I can't imagine, like, being in New York and, like, getting separated from a friend and trying to find them, let alone you're trying to find a serial killer amongst all of those people. So many people. Yeah. No. No, no, no. Can't even imagine. Especially without technology. Like, what in the world? Good luck. Okay, needle in a haystack. Exactly. 
So his victims were young females, more so white women with long, wavy, dark hair. His method, uh, um, his methods involved knives and guns. Uh, one crime, or all of his crimes involved two people, except for one. There was a one-off or a girl. So he targeted like couples or okay. people in groups. Got it. Okay. So, so not just like women by themselves, right? Okay. Very, very, it, like so the, us, <laughs> twos, guys, twos, twos, <laughs> and he was 22 during his first murder. Oh my God. What is up with all the twos? Yeah. It's kind of freaking me out. to look that up. I know. Okay. It is really strange. Yeah. Very weird. So December, 1975, he's 22 years old. It's Christmas Eve. Oh, I was like, what is that? It's Christmas Eve. And he uses a hunting knife to stab two women. One is an unknown, unidentified Hispanic woman. Oh. And the other is a 15-year-old student, Michelle Foreman. Oh. So she was stabbed six times, mm. uh, needed hospitalized uh, care for a week to recover. She lived. She lived. A lot of its people live. <laughs> so... He starts out with stabbing because he thinks that he can get away with just stabbing them and being done. But he's a messy murderer. Oh messy. And he's honestly not very good at it. But yeah. So <clears throat> he was never considered a suspect and decides to move to the Yonkers, New York area. So fast forward quite a while. July 1976. He's 23 at this point And around 1 a.m., Two friends, Donna Loria and Jody Valenti, were sitting in their car outside of a nightclub in New Rochelle. Rochelle, right? Or is it Rochelle? Rochelle. Rochelle. Okay. Mm -hmm. I practiced and still <laughs> fucked it up. Okay. So, um, Loria was getting out of the car when she noticed a man quickly approaching and, like, in a sassy way. Again, like, they're outside of a nightclub. I like I love this part. In a sassy way, she says, now, what is this? Oh, my God. I love it. So, um, but unfortunately, David immediately pulls a gun out of a paper bag. He bends down on his knees to, like, so he can shoot with both hands. Oh, my God. Like, props, if you can imagine. I can't really do it right now. But bends down on one knee so he can prop his elbows on his knee, shoot with both hands. Let me catch up here. He fires... And instantly kills Loria. Oh, shit. So, um, Jody was just shot in the thigh, which still brutal. Ugh, can't imagine. Mm -hmm. But she, um, beep, bop, doop, bop, bop. So, he shoots again. There's a third shot. Luckily, it m misses both of these women, but he's able to get away. Mm. So, um, later, uh, they, they say they did not recognize, or she says she did not recognize, hold on, I think I got my names mixed up. So, Loria is, I believe, the one who died, right. but then I said Loria later says. So, it must have been Jody who later says she did not recognize the man, but describes him as a white male, fair complexion, about 5'8", 200 pounds. His hair is short, dark, and curly oh in, a, in a modern style. Yeah, she got him. So right, she got him. There's going to be an issue with that later. Yeah. So, um, yes, it is Loria who died. Jody is the one who survived. So Loria's father um, happened to be in the area before the shooting, and he gave the same description of a man that was in a yellow compact car parked nearby Hours before this happened, oh my God. neighbors also reported seeing this this man or this car cruising around the area for hours before the shooting happened. So, so he was like staking out who he yep. was going to kill. This was well planned, oh well planned, God. which again is going to play a huge part. And he's yeah. like so messy, which yeah. I really think goes back to that little bit of Gemini that's like mm. inconsistent, indecisive, and it's kind of like, okay, now's the time. Impulsive. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, again, it's just messy. So, yeah. um, he gets away. So now we're fast forwarding to October. It's still a pretty mm. good chunk of time. Yeah. 
So October, still 1976, a similar shooting occurs in Queens. Carl DeNaro, a security guard who is 20 years old, and Rosemary Keenan, who is an 18-year-old student, were sitting in their car mm. when all of a sudden windows shatter, and so they quickly drove off, luckily. Oh, my God. Carl later says he felt like the car had exploded. Like, it was that, and it, I, I'm picturing, like, a scene from a movie, just, like, yeah. glass. Yeah, like, all the glass. He was so shaken by it that he didn't even realize he'd been shot in the head. Shut up! So, to the severity that he, I mean, he lives, okay? So, great yeah. for this guy, but to the severity, he had to have a metal plate installed to replace part of the broken skull. Oh, my God. Yeah. And he didn't even, like, know that it had happened because of the adrenaline. Adrenaline. He was like, just get out of there, which, amazing. Amazing. You would think, like, your instinct's going to be one of two things. Drive off or, like, duck. And this was just, like, get the hell out of there. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, awesome for him, but, obviously, neither one saw the attacker. Right. And, but, because the car was just loaded full of bullets, police determined that the bullets... Found in the car were from a 44 caliber, and that's where he obviously gets the nickname 44 caliber killer. Right. Uh, but they were so fragmented that they wouldn't be successful in necessarily like linking a gun or an owner. Right. So all they just knew were the bullet types. Right. So, um, Carl, the guy driving the car, also happened to have long brown hair. So please mm. think that maybe he thought he was another female oh my because gosh. also his girlfriend did too. So it's like, okay, they're targeting something specific here. Yeah. Whew. Not a good time to be a white female with long hair, dark hair. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Right. So now one month later, we're into November. Frequency is increasing. So we've been going like four or five month periods. Now it's the end of the next month. Because he didn't kill anyone. No. He probably saw him drive off. So he didn't have that emotional connection or attachment to a murder. And so he's like, all right, what am I going to do next? Yeah. He's ready. And he's skipping the knife business altogether. Like right. He'll later say that it was messy. He couldn't yeah. successfully do it. So he just was like, fuck it, gun. Yeah. yeah. It's easier. <clears throat> yeah. So one month later, uh, two high school students, Donna DeMassey was 16 and Joanne Lamino, 18. Mm. They walked home after a midnight movie premiere. So they made it home. They're sitting on Joanne's porch when a 20-something-year-old man, in their opinion, Mm -hmm. dressed in military attire, approaches them and starts asking for directions. So it's not because, obviously, when I started reading this, I'm like, oh, kids walking home at night. That's so scary. But no, they made it home. They're just hanging out. Yeah, at their home. Literally mid-sentence for him and asking the questions. Mid-sentence. Um, he pulls out his gun and sh- what? Oh, I know. My dog sits on the, like perches on the back of couches, like a cat and probably so he can watch us. Probably. To be honest. But, um, as soon as he's like, he's like, Hey, can you show me where the, so shoots, uh, shoots them each once and they fall to the ground. He fires several more times, hitting the building. Like, guys, again, he is messy. Terrible. Shooter. Terrible. He's on the porch with them. He should never even yeah. have a gun. Nope. And um, then he leaves. In fact, I read he walks away. So, Oh, my God. Yeah. So, neighbors hear the shots. They run outside, and they see a blonde man with a gun leaving the scene. So... Donna was shot through the neck, but gained full recovery. Uh, these people, I mean, y'all are oh my fighters. God. It's just amazing. And Joanne was hit in the spine and ultimately rendered paraplegic. Oh, God. But they both lived. But they both lived. Mm-hmm. Wow. So now the issue is... Inconsistent killers. Yep. Bad descriptions. descriptions. So... January 1977, so again, pretty short period of time. Yeah. Christine Fruind, she's 26 years old. Her fiance, John Deal, is 30 years old. 
They were in the car, about to head to a dance hall after seeing Rocky. (laughs) Shut up. I'm not kidding. (laughs) Not even joking. Oh, my God. So many, like, weird... Is this, like, the multiverse? I feel like we're, like, in this weird dimension going on. Yeah. So, they are sitting in the hall. Three shots were fired into the car. Oh, my God. John, again, like Carl... Quickly drives. Um, he only is suffering from minor injuries at this point. However, Christine was severely injured and later died in the hospital. Oh, no. So, and again, he is such a bad shot that these people, not that, you know, you want everyone to have a chance at survival, right. but a lot of these people obviously end up in the hospital before dying, which just tells you, like, they've suffered. Like, yeah. they suffered. And I hate That's that. terrible. Yeah. So... Um, neither of them saw the shooter. Um, obviously I'm sure she was not in a state to be remembering things like that, but neither saw the shooter. Police now publicly acknowledge that the crimes are beginning to link together. So at first, obviously we have different descriptions, different areas. Yeah. Um, one's a couple, one is two girls, two students. This is, I mean, so So they're probably like, Oh, well we have two different suspects multiple. This is just random. And now they're like, Whoa, wait a second. Right. So, but now they're like, okay, what is going on? We, these are starting to connect. However, uh, they've now received the two different testimonies. And so just like you said, they're like, okay, we're looking for multiple people. Yeah. So, Going on to March, so just two months later, or within two months, still 23 at the time, it is, the whole time, that's why I kept up with his age, because I'm like, how is, how? Oh my God, so young, so young. 7.30 p.m., college student Virginia Voskarachian, sorry, I probably majorly fucked that up, um, is... Walking home when an armed man approaches her, and in self-defense, she raises her books up as a shield, but the bullets do penetrate the books, and she is instantly killed. Mm. So this was another, it wasn't random, but doesn't fit the current MO that they have. No. So she's by herself. Yeah. um, Not seated, not in a car. She's actively walking i mean it's just it's different oh my god but this is where okay it's it's a brutal murder with no no reason and so two days later the nypd hold a press conference relating the bullets from loria's case which was the first actual murder victim and now this so luckily they're collecting these bullets and starting to piece it together so Later documents show that while they did feel um, this was the case, that they were connected, they actually didn't have conclusive evidence. Oh, my God. Which... I mean, it makes sense. All they had were the bullets. Yeah. They can't tell what gun it's coming from. Right. They know the size of the the caliber, but they don't know. So, it's like, trust your gut. Um, And it's it's great that they got to continue investigating it as... Right. Because it just happened to be that he was a serial killer. Right. But they were like, yeah, we had inconclusive evidence of that. But thank God we were right. (laughs) So... Can you imagine, like, living in that area at that time? No. Like, that would be terrifying. Well, and unfortunately, with places like New York, you have a lot of homicides anyways, but now you just have these brutal, random homicides mixed in. For no in. reason. Yeah. yeah, for no reason. So, yeah, terrifying time. God. Um, and luckily, too, news of the crime starts circulating around the media daily, and, and it was super popular overseas. Not that they can help, mm. but awareness. Awareness. Right. So... Right. Things start blowing up. The police can't hide this anymore. People are on it. And I honestly think that for once, the media might have actually been a lot of help. Right. Um, Because they weren't fully connecting it. They didn't have that evidence. And so now it's like, okay, give us what you can. Yeah, so that way we can help and we can be on the lookout. Because if it happens again, we are getting this fucker's description. Yeah. Yeah. So April. What is this? One month later? Yeah. 24 years old. We're in 1977. 3 a.m. Alexander Iso. The witching time. (laughs) 
<laughs> at least it's not 2.22 or something. Yeah, right. <laughs> 2.22 a.m. Um, Probably 3.22 a.m. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, Alexander, he is a 20-year-old tow truck driver in Valentina Suriani. She's an 18-year-old student, aspiring actress and model. Mm. They're sitting in a car on a service road in the Bronx, just a few blocks away from Valentina's home. And a few blocks further from the lore, from the very first murder scene. So, wow, like right in that same area. It's keeping a relative. God. Yep. So, um, Valentina is shot once in the head and instantly killed. Oh. Alexander is shot multiple times in the head and mm-hmm. later dies in the hospital. Hi. How can you be shot multiple times in the head and survive? And yeah. long enough to get to a hospital. It's so fighting. sad. Literally so, fighting for his life. So sad. So a neighbor heard the gunshots being fired. Um, obviously, Alexander was unable to describe any attacker. But right. again, police are linking the bullets and They're weapon. They're starting to say, like, okay, this is what kind of gun he's carrying. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Now, mm. on to the son of Sam. <laughs> Where he gets his name. Where this effing name comes from. Oh, Honestly, shit. when I first decided to do this case, that's all I remembered was why he was son of Sam. Because it's right. so wild. It's so wild. It's so crazy. Hence the multiple personality. Not, I mean, not the two-faced shit. The two-faced yeah. Bullshit. Yeah. So... Beginning in May of 1977, police discover handwritten letters addressed to the NYPD. These are initially withheld from the public. Later, they agree to release bits and pieces of it to the media. Yeah. It's written in all caps near the crime scene of the April murders. So it's like he literally, instead of, I feel like serial killers normally like send it in or put it places, but he's like, no, they're going to be back. They're going to be back. I know they're on my trail, so I'm just going to leave this here at the crime scene. And he did. Fucked up. And this is where he dubs himself the son of Sam. So this is really long, uh, but it is crazy. So I had to include it. Um, Also, keep in mind as I'm reading this, it's really hard to read. He has... Horrible grammar. Words are misspelled terribly. So I'm just going to read it as is. He says, I am deeply hurt by your calling me a woman hater. I am not, but I am a monster. I am the son of Sam. I am a little brat, in quotes. When Father Sam gets drunk, he gets mean. He beats his family. Sometimes he ties me up um, to the back of the house Other times, he locks me in the garage. Mm. Sam loves to drink blood. Go out and kill, commands Father Sam. Behind our house, some rest. Mostly young, raped, and slaughtered. Their blood drained. Just bones now. Papa Sam keeps me locked in the attic, too. I can't get out, but I look out the attic window and watch the world go by. I feel like an outsider. I'm on a different wavelength than everybody else. Programmed to kill T-O-O. So just little, like the whole thing is filled with that. However, to stop me, you must kill me. Attention all police. Shoot me first. Shoot to kill or else. Keep out of my way or you will die. Papa Sam is old now. He needs some blood to preserve his youth. He has had too many heart attacks. Too many heart attacks. Mm. This was a weird part. Ugh. Me hoot it earth sunny boy. I miss my pretty princess most of all. She's resting in our lady's house, but I'll see her soon. I am the monster, Beezlebub, the chubby behemoth, behem, whatever. I love to hunt, prowling the streets looking for fair game, tasty meat. The women of Queens are the prettiest of all. Mm. I must be the water they drink. I live for the hunt my life. Blood for Papa. Mr. Borelli, sir, I don't want to kill anymore. No, sir. No, but I must honor thy father. I want to make love to the world. I love people. I don't belong on earth. 
return me to yahoos, to people of Queens. I love you and I want to wish all of you a happy Easter. May God bless you in this life and in the next. And for now, I say goodbye and good night. Police, let me haunt you with these words. I'll be back. I'll be back. To be interpreted as bang, 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 bank, bang, ugh, yours and murder, Mr. Monster. What the fuck was going on in his mind? Was he like on LSD or something? Like there was something or meth? Like yeah. he was all over the place. First yep. of all, that. Second of all, he wasn't a fucking cannibal. He didn't drink blood. He didn't rape these people. He didn't do these things that Papa Sam wanted him to do. And he wasn't abused as a child. No. Like, what the fuck? There was, out of, like, all the stories and research I did, there was one person who said he got hit by a car at the age of eight. But, like, I only heard that, like, randomly. Wow. Yeah. So there might have been some head head trauma. trauma, But not, like, what in the world is going on in that letter? Can you imagine being a police officer and getting that letter and you're like, okay, wait a second. This is a fucking joke. Like, I would have thought just some like crackheads stopped by. Right. Yeah, like someone is on meth. Like, yeah. So, well, yeah, crack at this time yeah. in the 70s. Somebody is smoking too much fucking crack. I'm writing this letter. Yeah, and I, again, writing the story, I was like, oh, this is so long. I'm going to use just bits and pieces. No. But like every line it's is different. almost something to like read into. Yeah. So that's what the police did. They yeah. went line by line. So that weird line where it says, Ugh, me hoot it earth, sonny boy. They first thought that sounds like somebody trying to write out a Scottish English accent. Okay. Obviously he wasn't. And I don't, even if you are Scottish, you write in English. Like he don't talk that way. He doesn't talk that way. No. But that's what I'm saying. Like if you're Australian, you're not going to write like, you're not going to write your accent how it's no. pronounced. You're just going to write, write the, word. the English word. And yeah. so I don't know why that was even. But then they were like, maybe we're dealing with a psychopath who's trying to pretend he's Scottish and he thinks we're stupid. Right. right. So that's one of the lines they look into. And then when he write, oh, but it's, they translate as my heart, it hurts, Sonny boy, clearly. Because I was like, I don't know what that means. Yeah. They also theorized the line, too many heart attacks, might mean that the murderer blamed a dark-haired nurse for his father's death, thus targeting these dark-haired women like Gloria, who was a medical tech, and Valentina was studying to become a nurse. Shut up. So he must have been stalking them. Like, he knew. Yeah. So he's done some research. Unfortunately, that's not like those are really smart connections by the police, right? But obviously, his mom wasn't a nurse, his Mm -hmm. dad wasn't dead, so it's like, ugh. Um, Unfortunately, this is all just random, right? It's just a crazy person. So, psychologists observe that serial killers feel gratification by leading the media on with games. Obviously, they feel powerful and in control. We've seen it, yeah. For sure. Hundreds of times. BTK. Yes. Yeah. And the media loves it. So right. it's like, like, what's worse? Right. Um, so with the guidance of said psychologist, police decided to reveal a psychological profile of the suspect. So here we go. Okay. Most likely neurotic. <laughs> Duh. And a crackhead. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. And uh, he smokes too much crack. Okay. Uh, um. A paranoid schizophrenic believing to be a victim of demon possession. And child abuse. Okay. So. Yeah. I thought the demon possession part was interesting because, honestly, as if I found a letter like that, I would just instantly think someone is on drugs. But obviously, if you're putting together a neurological profile, you have to be a little more professional. So you say something like, oh, he probably thinks he's being possessed by demons, maybe because of drugs or because of whatever. So that's basically those three points. Neurotic, paranoid, schizophrenic, demon-possessed. Believes. So, um, which I'm like, you're also in New York. There's got to be so many of those. Oh, my gosh. Right? Like, you've got <gasps> No offense, New Yorkers. Like, everywhere. There's just so many people. You When you yeah. have that many people, you're going to have a larger number of crazies. Right. So. Right. And there are a lot of crazies. I mean, just oh, yeah. Times Square. Yeah, I was on a subway one time and someone threatened to bomb it. 
Holy shit. And what was really scary. So this woman got in my face and people had to like, people were like standing up to help me. It was so scary. Hated living in New York. Oh Anyways, she was like, stupid. What? Okay. So the rule, quick story. The rule in New York <laughs> is you don't make eye contact. And it's not like I used to think that was a rude, like New Yorkers were just rude. But it's because you can Promote simply lock eyes with someone and they want to kill you. And they so want to fight. when I went and, and if anyone sticks it like in the Midwest, if someone sticks out their hand, you instinctively like reach for it to shake it. Or if someone walks towards you, you kind of approach them. Like you have yeah. this like connection to people. Yeah. And in New York, they're like, uh-uh. Anyone walks towards you, not only do you not go towards them, you go Walk the other way. The other way, yeah. If anyone starts to hand you something, you retract. Yeah. Um, so I was on the subway and how people long did you live there at that time? Oh, how long had I been there at the time? Yeah. Two to three months. Okay. So I was like, I knew the game. Yeah. I learned that like in the first week. But first you, you gotta learn real quick. But I was on the subway, and you're not supposed to do this, but people walk car to car, like, mm -hmm. in between. Yeah. And this lady came through. She was giving her very loud spiel about how my children are dying, and I need mm -hmm. money. And so I kept my head down, and I, like, thought she, I thought she had, like, stopped. I, I might have had my headphones in. I probably did. But I look up. We connect <laughs> eyes. And she goes this white bitch and she starts coming at me people are like getting up like coming at me and she's like you privileged white bitch who do you think you are and i'm like i'm sorry i'm sorry like i'll give she's you like, money I'm like, down. I'm like, oh, so people are standing up about the same time the subway is stopping Oh so they were like, you need to get off. Like, you need to leave. Leave her alone. And as it was like a scene from a movie, as the subway doors are closing and we're about to head out, she goes, blow it up, boys. Doors shut. Like, and I was like, huh? are we okay? Like, do we, we all need to, like, call someone? Like, of course, everyone was like, are you okay? Like, yeah, like no, she's just a tweaker. Like, she's fucked up. Yeah. Are you okay? So I was like, are we about to die yeah like, you're like where's the ball uh the things God, i saw in new york people are crazy yeah um, and that's when i was kind of like okay i need to start with an exit plan i want to yeah. get the hell out because that's like a daily thing right yeah um right. yeah so that sucked sorry new york your subways suck and they're terrifying yes so now we are in may so this is one month later um Daily News columnist Jimmy Breslin receives a handwritten letter from the 44 caliber shooter postmarked from that morning coming oh out of God. New Jersey. <laughs> so literally, he's like, oh, shit. Like, it's, it's fresh. I can smell it. Yeah, right. I can. The ink is still wet. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, oh, look, hey, fingerprints. <laughs> Holds it up to a light. So the reverse side of the envelope had hand printed in four precisely centered lines. I guess this is a Bible verse. Blood and family, darkness and death, absolute depravity, signed 44. Someone said that that's like clips from some certain Bible verse. Um, Maybe. I mean, but I don't know. Yeah. So very dark either way. Um, so here's this letter. And yes, I included the whole thing. Um, but should we save it for the next episode? We're at 44 minutes. How much do you have left? Quite a bit. Should I get through the letter and yeah, then? Get the okay. Letter. So we'll read the letter. So he says, and this letter is capitalized appropriately, perfect grammar, perfect spelling, perfect everything. What the fuck? So complete opposite. And you can see these letters on Google Images. Complete opposite. Wow. Hello from the gutters of NYC, which are filled with dog manure, vomit, stale wine, urine, and blood. I mean, he's not wrong. No, he's not wrong. <laughs> Hello from the sewers of NYC, which swallow up these delicacies when they are washed away by the sweeper trucks. Hello from the cracks of the sidewalks of NYC and from the ants that dwell in these cracks and feed in the dried blood of the dead that has settled into the cracks. JB, the columnist... I am just dropping you a line to let you know that I appreciate your interest in those recent and horrendous 44 killings. 
I also want to tell you that I read your column daily and I find it quite informative. Tell me, Jim, what will you have July 29th? Keep in mind, we're in May. July 29th. You can forget about me if you like, because I don't care for publicity. However, you must not forget Donna Loria, and you cannot let the people forget her either. Mm-hmm. She was a very, very sweet girl, but Sam's a thirst. Sam's a thirsty lad, and he won't let me stop killing until he gets his fill of blood. Mr. Breslin, sir, don't think that because you haven't heard from me for a while that I went to sleep. No, rather, I am still here. Like a spirit roaming the night. Thirsty, hungry, seldom stopping to rest, anxious to please Sam. I love my work. Now the void has been filled. Perhaps we shall meet face to face someday, or perhaps I will be blown away by the cops with smoking 38s. Whatever, if I shall be fortunate enough to meet you, I will tell you all about Sam if you like, and I will introduce you to him. Mm. His name is Sam the Terrible. Not knowing what the future holds, I shall say farewell, and I will see you at the next job. Or should I say... Rogan, you're interrupting. Or should I say, you will see my handiwork at the next job. Remember, Miss Loria, thank you. Uh, In their blood and from the gutter, Sam's Creation 44. Here are some names to help you along. Love this. Um... So he says, here's some names to help you along. Forward them to the inspector for you for use by NCIC, the Duke of Death, the Wicked King Wicker, the 22 Disciples of Hell, John Wheaties, Rapist and Suffocator of Young Girls. Oh, my God. P.S. Please inform all detectives working on the slang to remain. P.S.J.B., please inform all. Oh, sorry. Yeah, PSGB, please inform all detectives working on the case that I wish them the best of luck. Keep them digging, drive on, think positive, get off your butts, knock on coffins, etc. Upon my capture, I promise to buy all the guys working the case a new pair of shoes if I can get up the money. Son of Sam. What the fuck is going on in his mind so crazy other parallel is in our last episode and we released the little teaser clip of it we were like don't give serial killers cool names this guy gave you a list to choose from yeah he really did he was like call me whatever you want yeah yeah seriously call me whatever you want and here's a few of my favorites yeah here's a few of my favorites but also like you said, like the letters were night and day different. Like yeah. the first one, it seemed like you had a um, schizophrenic crackhead. Yeah. <clears throat> and then the second one. This is like a poet. Yeah. It's poetic. Yeah. So. Like an actual story. Yeah. And along with this letter too, and then we'll <clears throat> wrap up episode one, is under Son of Sam where he signed it, he'd drawn his own logo using like symbols. So that wasn't in the last thing. No. Uh, the reference to July 29th that he made, like, will I see you or what are your plans on July, July 29th? 29th? Yeah. Um, that is the anniversary of the first shooting. Oh, so shit. he's alluding that it's going to happen again. happen again. Yeah. And, again, very sophisticated to the point that the police thought that this was created, like, in some sort of art studio, maybe by a pro Mm. writer type or even, like, a calligrapher. Right. So, um, but they also were like, this could be a troll. This could be somebody who, you know, at this point, at this point, the media's got a hold of it. It could be someone who just, because it is so different. It is so different. Yeah. But um, they were still... So convinced that this was the killer mm-hmm. and that this was how he, who he actually is. Right. That they suspected a potential comic letterer because, again, poets. Like, they were like, okay, this guy is a professional. They reached yeah. out to DC Comics. Shut up. To help. They were like, Shut this recognized because he wrote yeah. in, like, a font. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, wow. obviously, that led nowhere. They were like, absolutely what his not. IQ was. Like, I wonder Probably how smart insane. he was. Yeah, especially if he can think about this. His brain is processing, you know, all of these different things. And he writes like a child in the yeah. first letter. And then he writes very articulate. And I know you, like, copied and pasted that. 
I mean, his yeah. grammar is on point. He has the com- the commas where they need to be. Like, like you no... called me out on my research. No, I just like, no. <laughs> Bitch, I know you caught me a base of that story straight from Wikipedia. No, no, but the letter you got to copy it, no. like, fully. It, you it, know what it I mean? was so, fully copied and pasted because I wanted to keep the spelling the way right, that it was. So right. like, I knew. But that's what I mean, like, the IQ level of that. Like, and being able to, like, change your handwriting yeah. to make it look significantly different. Yeah. Like, he had to be like genius level yeah. like you. It, it's nuts. So the lead to DC comics led nowhere. Mm. Um, the only other, they were connect again, the wicker King wicker was a reference to the 1973 horror movie wicker man. So he mm. is like, keeping up with shit yeah. and like really throwing like that is a sinister yeah. like detail. Like you're telling them you're interested in like the, like the horror films you're alluding that you're like a creepy guy. Right. So, um, oh. basically to finish up this letter portion, Breslin, the, the journalist, col- columnist, whatever, yeah. he published portions of the letter, um, with the police's permission and it ended with urging the killer to turn himself in. Yeah. Like that was going to happen. Yeah. So of course. turn yourself in or send us a floppy disk. Yeah. We can't track it. Oh my God. That's the best. I know. Right. Fucking idiot. Idiot. So it is the Daily News' highest selling publication to date with more than 1.1 million copies. I, I mean, that'll it. do it. All tips to the police led nowhere. Oh. Um, but it struck a fear with the women in New York to the severity it caused them to cut and dye their hair, like blonde, short, nothing that matches the description, to a point that beauty chain stores, they sold out of like wigs and shit. Right. Because people were. T- Hair. Yeah. They're like, like, we can't have long, dark, wavy hair. No. We're, we're all going blonde. This guy's ruthless. So that's where we're going to end part one. So oh we got some God. more murders, some more sinister shit. And this guy has a leg. He has got not a good legacy, but a legacy that is still going to this day. So mm-hmm. Thursday, guys. Stay tuned for part two on Thursday. Yes. So thank you guys to our patrons. Yes. Everyone who supports the podcast. You guys are awesome. We helping us to get you. to Dallas, especially right now. Yes. So thank you so much. Yes. And thank you to our sponsor, Color Up CBD. Go to colorupco.com. Use code SINISTER20 to get 20% off all of your CBD needs. And we'll see you on Thursday. Stay sinister.